We first want to welcome home Yitzi Rosenberg back to Yeshiva. I want, to, I want to share two things at the end of Parshas Baloischa. We'll be Zoycha Bez Hashem to be together this Shabbos, but it will be a happening Shabbos. I'm not sure we'll get to study the whole Parsha so focused. I wanted to learn something at the end of Parshas Baloischa that's meaningful and, and as follows. The Torah describes Ha'ish Maisha Anav Ma'id Mikola Adam Asher Adama. The man, Maisha, Anav Ma'id, was an extremely humble person. Mikola Adam, Asher Adama, from any person who ever lived. I quote myself in, in speech, and, I, and, I, and I'm trying to work on myself. I quote myself like a language. That was the best game that we just saw in incredible finals. But I, I had like a habit of like reading it in context. That was the best finals we ever had. The best year, the best guy. Instead of just appreciating something, that was an amazing game, incredible game. And like, like hold back on the rating, where it stands historically. It's a, it's a habit. So maybe that's why, like in this Pusik, it strikes me, because it's something I'm working on not doing. The Pusik says, Maisha Rabbeinu wants to speak about the humility of Maisha. Now, there's a reason why the Torah speaks about the humility of Maisha. And we'll see in a second, it's talking about that Maisha's two siblings, Miriam and Aaron, and they speak Lashon Hara about Maisha, and they're punished for speaking Lashon Hara. And the reason the Torah is saying, one of the reasons the Torah records how humble Maisha was, is Maisha's humility, <coughs> he didn't mind that they questioned him. Maisha was a humble person who had no ego and didn't mind that. And Miriam and Aaron's question about Maisha was pretty innocent. Miriam and Aaron were two siblings of Maisha. Maisha Rabbeinu parted from his wife. He separated from his wife. And Aaron and Miriam were rather shocked. Great people in Yiddishkeit were also prophets. We're also Nevi'im and we live with our spouses. So what is this? What Maisha Rabbeinu did was very, very unusual. Very. Our Gedolim are married people who live with their spouses. And Maisha did a historically, incredibly unusual thing. He separated from his wife. And, and Miriam, Miriam and Aaron, his siblings, were concerned and were confused by that. And they said... Does God only speak to Maisha? Hashem speaks to us also. So they, they, they're challenged. They were two concerned siblings. And they said, what, is Maisha the only person who talks to God? We also talk to Hashem, and yet we're married. We don't detach from this world. A basic belief in Yiddishkeit and a basic understanding of the Torah is not to separate from this world, but to actually to engage in the world in the right way. And Maisha did a highly, Maisha Rabbeinu did a highly unusual thing. None of our Gedolim, I should say none, very rare thing, we actually would almost consider it a Chet. And Maisha and Aaron were surprised by it. And they said, does Hashem not speak to us? 
He speaks to us, yet we're very involved in this world. What is this that Moshe separated from his wife? That was what Miriam and Aaron tiny. And then the Torah interjects. Hashem says, Aish Moshe anav me'oid mikol adama. The man, Moshe Rabbeinu, was extremely humble. And it sticks in the great humility of Moshe Rabbeinu because obviously we're going to hear Aaron and Miriam. Miriam specifically get punished for Lush and Hara. And Hagam, Hashem wants us to know the, the, the evil of Lush and Hara. Don't assume that Lush and Hara is so bad because the one who's spoken about is so pained. You're talking about somebody who is remarkably humble and is not so damaged or even cares so much his ego is not hurt. So that's why the Torah records the humility of Maisha. But why does it rate him? It said, Ish Maisha Anav Ma'id. Maisha was an extreme Anav. But it sticks in two words, Mikola Adam, more than any other person. It's not a race, and is his status as the most humble relevant here? He's, he's an Anav, Ma'id, he's very humble. God calls him humble and very. Doesn't say Ishmaisha Anav, Anav Ma'id. To the extreme, he's humble. He, so the point we get, the point Hashem is making, is Lashon Hara is bad, even if the person you're speaking against doesn't mind and is not damaged by it. It's still objectively wrong. Lashon Hara, besides being bad for the one you spoke about, is bad for the speaker of it. Even if you completely did not harm. First of all, you might harm the one you're speaking about. And it's bad that you're looking bad and speaking bad on people. So Ishmaisha Anab Ma'id is saying that Maisha was not damaged. And yet Miriam is punished because she, by speaking bad, that's, that's damage to her. Knocking and ripping people, even if the one you speak about remains undamaged. Ishmaisha Anab Ma'id. But the words Mikola Adam are very interesting from every person, more than every single person. What is that Mikola Adam more than any person? Now, again, is my Kasha so strong? No, because it's saying he's the most humble ever. Like the magnitude of his humility is how much Imamish doesn't care. <coughs> but it's interesting if it said Ish Maisha he's very, very humble. This Mikola Adam, these two words are interesting, that it rates him. He's more humble than anybody else. So I want to share a pshat in the two words that's legitimate in pshat. That Hashem is not saying that he was more humble. Ha'ish Maisha Anav Me'oid. Mikola Adam is the source of his humility. What creates humility? Ha'ish Maisha Anav Me'oid. He's very, very humble. And there's actually, by the word ma'id, if you know trap, there's a stoppage. Ha'ish ma'isha anav ma'id, he's very humble. Mikola adam is not like qualifying how humble. It's actually Pinny saying the source of his humility. And I want to I speak about this for a few minutes. To speak about the topic of humility, we could study it the rest of, we could study it the rest of our lives. The topic of, and we should study humility. And I want to study it a little bit. This is the parasha that introduces us to Maishu Rabbeinu's humility. Rabbi Shapiro amazingly pointed out how it must have been for Maishu Rabbeinu to write this verse. Maishu's writing the Torah. And the man Maishu is the most humble man who ever lives. <laughs> That's got to make you pretty arrogant. You're writing that and you stay humble. It's fascinating. <coughs> but what I, what I want to share with the guys is a different point. 
A guy once said to me, a guy once said to me, he was in a camp and he was a big guy in the camp. He was a big staff member in the camp. And there were people speaking, whatever the occasion was, people were speaking about him. And he asked me, what do I do? The place is that darshaning about me. <coughs> so they're saying, this person, Baruch, what a person, what a guy, going on and on and on. So he told me, so I asked him, what do you do? I asked him, what do you do, Zach, when they're all thinking about, when they're all talking about you? So you know what he told me he does? He told me that in his mind, he thinks about his flaws. In his mind, he knows yesterday he overslept, he woke up late to chakras. Two days ago, he spoke Lashon Hara. Three days ago, I don't want to share with you what his sin was. He chazers his sins. So he says he thinks about his flaws. I told him I completely disagree with you. I disagree with the approach. He, he's thinking, they're talking all about him. And he wants to be humble, so he started like hazarding his flaws. I told him, there's a line right, Sunshine once told me that a guy in a conversation, people are sitting around, and a guy is like, you know, in every conversation, you have who are you talking about? And different people trying to pull the conversation about themselves. If you know a guy like Dobie is somebody who's so humble, it's always about the other guy. How are you doing? You have to like push, Dobie, what about you? How are you doing? How you? It's always about the other guy. You could, in conversations, there's a whole fascinating tug of war going on when a group of people talk or two people talk. One guy trying to pull it to himself, another guy trying to push it. There's a whole fascinating dynamic to conversations. So a guy talks for a while about himself. Then a guy says, okay, enough about me. Like, I feel so like, self-centered. Enough about me. Vigdor, it's your turn. What do you think about me? That's right, son and child. The guy, Weiter, is about himself. It's just your turn to talk about me. And I told him, when you're in your mind thinking about, you know, I'm not as good as they say, it's the same guy, it's the same arrogance. It's all about you. I actually would say, when they're talking about you, it's very nice, oh, feel good, enjoy, excellent. What you should think about is just how good other people are. You look around the room and say, look at the speaker, how well he's speaking about you, and think how what a good speaker he is. Did you notice the guy's Still belt, and he has a great belt? It's about him. Did you notice his belt, the guy's speaking? You notice the guy's an excellent speaker. Do you notice that he's praising? It's so nice that he's praising. I said, you're busy about you, even when you knock, but it's right, they're busy about you. And a big sugya of humility is about service. It's interesting, we're told about Moshe Rabbeinu something else later on in the parsha. In this parsha, Hashem says about Moshe, Bichol Beisi Neman. From anybody who ever was in the house of Hashem, he's the most loyal servant, Neman who. A big answer to humility is to be about service. Be about service. And Maishu Rabbeinu is the Anav Mikol Adam, and he's Mikol Beisi Neman. And I want to translate Yitzla, when it says, Ish Maishu Anav Ma'ayi, Mikol Adam means because of every person. 
because he was busy with people, busy focused on other people, Mikola Adam, not he was more humble than anybody. The source of his humility was Kol Adam. He saw people, he was nishtaymim, amazed from this one, impressed with that one. He wasn't busy. He had Milus and was proud of his Milus and in touch with his Milus. But there's a world, he was a Mikol Beisineman. There's a world of service. There's a world of service, and he was engaged in the world of service. And Mikola Adam is from the noticing of people. That's it's Maisha Anav You know the shirish of his humility. Mikola Adam, not he's more humble than any person. From Mikola Adam, from every person, that's where he acquired his humility. He's impressed with this one. His noticing of that one. People's journeys and stories matter and are significant. Mikol Adam, from all the people in the world, every single person is important, is matters a lot, is significant. Their journey just is significant. Mikol Adam, from the noticing, your journey is important, our journey is important as well, very important. But that creates humility. His journey also is profoundly valuable, is important and matters a lot. And one aspect of humility, one aspect of humility is that sense of taking note of other people and other people's importance. During his speech about his goodness, that he said, I'm not as good as they say, you're right busy with you, it's all you. That's, that's an arrogance, that's a self-centeredness. Your world doesn't have kola adam in it. Maisha Rabbeinu was anabmaid mikola adam from the recognition of every person. That's the Mikola Adam, Luzi. What do you hold that pshat, Luzi? Interesting pshat, right? Mikola Adam, from taking note from all the people around him, is a source of his humility. There's something we spoke, and these are two principles of humility that are important principles of humility. One is the busyness, other people are significant. Taking note of the significance, you're also significant. We are very significant. Taking note of the significance and the journey of the next person. The second thing is recognizing that our gifts are from Hashem. We spoke at great detail about what something belonging to us means, the Chayvis Havavas. And the sense of that the gifts were given by Hashem, it was from Hashem. My yesterday was yesterday was my grandfather's my grandfather's yard site, and I want to share something. I did not know him as well. I was he was Nifter. I was a little very very little boy, but my grandmother was a very very important presence in my life. And whenever you thanked my Oma, whenever you appreciated something, you said Oma, the supper was great. She would point up, and in sincerity, she said, we say Eibishter, she said Erbishter. She would point up, I can't say she always did this, she frequently did this, she pointed up and said Erbishter, Hashem. In a very profound way, she recognized what she was able to gift came from Hashem. And she saw in a very, that's real humility, that things she had came from a source. We should feel benched and rich and fortunate and be in touch with all our milas. But everything we have, Maisha Rabbeinu wrote the Pasuk that Ish Maisha Anam Me'oid Mikol Adam is the most humble man. What stopped arrogance is he credited Hashem, Siata the Shmaya, heavenly assistance. The sense that I've been gifted with something, that I've been gifted, that Hashem assisted me and allowed me and gave me the strength to do that akara, that recognition is a massive part of humility. 
So the two aspects of humility are both the akara, the recognition that the source of the gifts that we have are from Hashem, Urbishter, that pointing heavenly and saying it's from Hashem is one source of humility. The second source of humility is the aspect of, um, of, of recognizing that other people exist and other people have values, focusing on others. If there's a speech about a person, it's wonderful, it feels so good. Well, it feels good to be recognized, to be spoken about, then put your mind to other people. I would advise that guy hearing the speech to say, hey, the speaker is speaking so well. Hey, what an impressive person. What a confident, what a person to compliment somebody else. That's humility. You, you've now made it about kol adam. It's, you, you're wonderful and you should feel wonderful. There are other people. And creating and recognizing other people is a big part of the sugya of humility. So those are two aspects of humility that I want to share. I want to say that there's a quick fix, there's a quick trick to humility. Both the plans I just said are lifelong things, Zach. To really say, we could say the words easy, it's gifted from Hashem. By the way, we all, guys are making a same tonight. A guy rightfully feels also, he did work to accomplish it, as he should feel. Now, who gave him the chachma to do the work? It's a, feeling, it's, it's a feeling of a lot of accomplishment and success and proud feelings, accurate, <coughs> and then a gratitude to Hashem. That's a lifelong avoida that a person really attributes the, his successes to Hashem. He thanks Hashem for successes. That's a lifelong avoida. My wife and I tried to do something years ago. We had a project we wanted to do together and the project didn't work. And till today, I'm thankful to Hashem because I feel that you could take for granted things you do and try, and you just take for granted you're going to be matzliach. And it taught me and my wife, it taught us to recognize Hashem is the source of success. That's a lifelong journey that is not easy to come to, and that's something all of us are in middle, very, very in middle, attributing success to Hashem in an authentic way, thanking Hashem, being proud of your own decisions and accomplishments, and yet attributing success to Hashem. That's a long-term plan that we can say the words to reach it, to feel it, to live it. It's not all or nothing. Is a process of our life. Is a long-term project. The second project, recognizing other people, is a lifelong project. We tend to be self-absorbed. Certainly in the yeshiva, we're pounding to notice another person, to recognize another person, to see him and his journey, to appreciate, to really see another person. But these are all like long-term plans. I want to say something that's a quicker plan. You know, they have these, they have these like, the, 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 there's, a guy, there's a guy who wrote books, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking. And he admits that they're harder plans, but he has the easier way to quit smoking. And they have all different, in, in, in the world of anava humility, those two, are the, to me, are the long-term plans to humility that all of us have to engage in a life of thanking Hashem Be'emes, of recognizing heavenly assistance, like we spoke about already the other day. That's a long-term plan and something we should all be engaged in all our lives. Recognizing other people is a long-term plan we should engage all our lives. I want to say a quicker fix, a quicker way to get to humility in the parasha that describes Maish Rabbeinu's humility. There's a principle the Messiah Sisharim says that 
The outward arouses the inner. I want to explain that incredible principle. If I would be excited about prayers, if prayers would excite me, talking to Hashem would excite me, I would run to shul. That's what an excited guy would do. He would run to shul. Mencha, woo! And he'd run to shul. A trick of Avodah Hashem is if you do what excited people do, you run, the very action of running will be ma'orer your lave. Chitzonius ma'oreris hapnimius. The externals arouse the internals. If you do what an excited person does, that will create excitement. And that is a, a, a trick, a tool, if you will, all of us can use in our life. If, I'll give another mushal. One who loves another person would give gifts. If I love somebody, I would give them gifts. A trick. Give gifts to somebody and you'll come to love them. This works in every aspect of life. It's called chitzainis. Say the word, Shmuley. Chitzainis. Ma'oreres. Hapnemius. The external arouses the internal. If I like a guy, I buy him gifts. What could you do as a trick? Buy him gifts and you'll come to like him. Why? Because if you do the external thing, one who likes gifts, if you gift, you'll, it will be ma'ayur the premius. That's how life works. That's a, that's a tool in Avaydis Hashem. One tool. There are many tools. It's one tool in Avaydis Hashem. Chitzenis versus What do humble people do that I do that will make a humble person? Give you a gift. What do humble people do and if I do that, now there's a lot of pretend humility. There's a lot of pretend humility. If somebody compliments you, there's a lot of ziyaf on humility. You dive in for them and somebody sings, Ophir sings, and I'll tell Ophir, that was awesome. You say, yeah, that's, that's you trying to be humble. That's actually arrogance, because you're actually saying a compliment doesn't make me feel, it's actually arrogant. So it's very hard. If somebody compliments you, say thank you. What? Ophir would not do that. Not at all. Not at all. He's not arrogant. It's very complicated. What is the action of a humble person? There's so much pretend of humility. What's a real action of a humble person? And both in Messiah Sisharim, and it's very important to know what the word anav means. Rashi and Gittin says the word anav is a savlan, is patient. And the Messiah Sisharim describes a humble person as soivel elboin. Puts up, people disgrace me, puts them up. Now the reason he puts up with it is he sees another person's vantage point. It's not just about him. He called them. The other guy's having a bad day. The other guy's frustrated. The mida of an anav is he has savlanas. He has patience with other people. That is the mida. Somebody who be'emes is humble has patience and tolerance and forgiveness to other people. That is the mida of an anav. If somebody can healthily, and this is tricky because this can be done unhealthily, if somebody with, with in, a, in a strong way can work on himself to have savlanas for another person, but it's dangerous what I'm saying because if inside you're burning, you're biting your lip and you're saying, oh, be patient, I'm talking about, and this is the, I feel but I didn't say easy, I said easiest. The easiest way to humility, it's not easy, but it's easier to humility, is to behave like a humble person. And the mid of humble people, 
The mid of humble people is to have savlanis, is to have patience to other people, to have patience. But I'm not talking about an external patience. I'm talking about internally. I want to share a vart with Yitzi from Rai Kestenbaum Shlita. I want everybody to remember this vart the rest of your life. At the end of Shemayin Esrei, listen to these words. At the end of Shemayin Esrei, we, in Elokai Nitzar, before we leave Shemayin Esrei, we say to Hashem, we ask Hashem, Hashem v'lim kalai, please allow to those that curse me, to those that, that treat me cheaply, they curse me, they put me down, let my soul be silent. We're getting to the end of the year. I want to give the bracha to the guys, this bracha. To those that curse me, my soul should be silent. It should say, my mouth should be silent, Penny. Shlema. Should say, if somebody cursed me, my mouth should be silent. I shouldn't curse them back. Doesn't say my mouth should be silent. It says nafshi sidon. My soul should be silent. My hear this Kashimoglazer? It says if somebody curses me, it doesn't say my mouth should be silent him. My soul should be silent. Nafshi sidon. Zach, what does it mean my soul should be silent? Does your soul talk? Your mouth does. Say Lumkalai, if somebody curses me, my mouth, piv, sidon, my mouth should be silent. Momo Ringo, you hear this, Kasha? What does it mean to those that curse me, my soul should be silent? Nafshi sidim. You hear the question, Shmuel? My mouth should be silent. Your mouth is silent. My soul should be silent. Yitzi was here, right? Kestaman was a Rebbe in the Yeshiva at the time. Is that true? He was was Yitzi's Rebbe. Hashkachas Hashem that I'm quoting Rabbi Kestaman. So. Avi, I want you to hear this kashalim kalalai to those that curse me, nafshi siddhan, let my soul be silent. It should say, let my mouth be silent. I shouldn't curse back. It's hard not to get somebody back. Somebody gives to you your tendencies, you want revenge. What does it mean, nafshi siddhan, let my soul be silent? What do you say, Daniel? Say, say, don't be, say to everybody. Says, says Yassel, says Daniel, it has nothing to do that I don't curse him back. If I bite my tongue and don't curse him, that's not what I'm praying to Hashem for. I'm praying that I'm so secure inside. I have such a healthy belief in self, such a comfortability that my soul could be silent. Nafshi Siddha, my soul is silent. My mouth silent is inside, I'm burning up, and I don't curse him back. That's not what I'm asking, Hashem. V'lim Hashem, please let me be so healthy and secure and built inside, so aware of my own worth, so aware of my own value, my own mission and purpose, that nafshi siddim, somebody curse me and my soul is silent. My every inside is just seder. So when we speak about humility as soivel elbin, a humble person be'emes will be at a place that he's, that he's meichel people and he forgives when people disgrace him. That is a very, very powerful way to work on humility. To come to that place, to do that work, in Anav would have this naturally. In Anav would have this naturally. 
if you want to know the two prayers we say, humility. We daven for humility. And an Anav would naturally have somebody would curse an Anav, like Maish Rabbeinu had told in the parasha. Ish Maisha Anav Mi'ayid. He would be Saival Elbain. He wouldn't mind that Miriam and Aaron underestimate him. He's an Anav. And an Anav is somebody who would, the, the Midah of Anav, it's not what humility is, it's what a humble person would do. A humble person is aware of his value, is aware of the gifts of Hashem, is aware of many people's value. A humble person would be ripped, would let it slide, it would bounce off. The trick to becoming humble, an Eitzah in our journey of humility, is to acquire that need of Saival Elban, to learn to be Michael. But a process, Mechila, not one that you say, look out of mind, okay, let it live. And inside you're burning. Working on that. The focus on working on that could actually bring Tanhagas of Anava. Anava is more than that. But working on getting that Amaychalim deeply. So I'll have to study I'm worth. He doesn't determine my self worth. I have to study he probably had a bad day. Working on Saival Elba. Now, again, this is not humility. This is what humble people do. Doing this can lead to humility, but doing the inner work for this. So it's not somebody bothers you and you bite your tongue. It's you go through difficulty and you're Michael and you speak a bit, you work yourself through it, you process yourself through it to accept, to study your own value. He doesn't determine my value. To study, he's a good person. He's having a tough day. Beseder and Michael. If you can bring yourself there to Seivel Elbain, the person's on the way to producing. It's funny to call this Chitzainius, because it's so internal. I only call it Chitzainius, Klape the Mid of Anava. Anavim do this. When you do this, you acquire Anava. Anava is an all-encompassing Mid. Anava involves many, many Madregas. What we spoke about first, Anava, recognizing all your gifts come from Hashem. The Anav is the person who lives with Hakara. He's very, very profound Hakaras. That all my gifts come from Hashem. He's a person of service, a person of Avaida. That's what an Anav is. That's a lifelong goal. If I do what Anavim do, they're Saival Elbain, and I work on being Saival Elbain, is a very, very healthy way to acquire humility. So that's the derech itzaynis meres apnimius, a way to acquire humility. We spoke about, uh, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but how we're meant to hate gifts and not want to receive them, but if everything's coming from Hashem, why would you want to take it every time? Oh, she! I want to ask, I want to re-ask Ellie's question. Ellie asked a very, a very strong question. Ellie, I can't pray for I want to I talk to you about your question, and even in context of benching, your question is very, very strong. The, the place in benching, Ramatzio Solomon asked your question. In benching, we say that Hashem, don't, don't, I don't want the gifts of us, of it. I don't want the gifts from human beings. We say to Hashem, don't make me need. I don't want the gifts of people. I don't want loans from people. Kim I want it from you. And what I would, what Eli asked, Matasio Salman asked, is what we get from people, isn't that from Hashem? 
So that's that. What Ellie's asking is intelligent. I don't want to discuss it now, but the question is extremely intelligent. Extremely intelligent. That on Sayyidi Matana Siechia, could a guy chapitz from Hashem? That's a very good question. Makes sense. That makes sense. Depends if the reasons beholden to the person, even if it's from Hashem, but I'm still going to feel beholden. Anyway, what did you say? I want to I say one more for Yitzi's running. Are you still, are you going to miss your, are you going to miss your flight? Yitzi has a flight in minute, in hours to Puerto Rico. I want him to make his flight. Wait, if he misses it, yeah, he's going to be in the next few days, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go long. Okay, better hurry. Right? Just just before we hurry. Uh, is Mayor Resnick here? What a guy. He's in Yeshiva. Is Mayor here? He's in Yeshiva. He wasn't here once. He got those bikes. Mm. That's not in the bridge, is it? He's in the water, man? Yeah. He was there late last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After Maishra, after Maishra Benu is spoken about in a way that underestimates Maishra Benu, I want to I say this to the guys. This, we have a mitzvah daraisa. We're in right now, besides learning Torah, we're doing another mitzvah daraisa. There's a mitzvah daraisa to remember what happened to Miriam. Zechar, Hashem's mitzavah forever, to remember what happened to Miriam, that she spoke Lashon Hara, Maish Rabbeinu, and she got saras. All of Klal Yisrael waited seven days for Miriam, because Miriam, this great tzaddikah, got saras. And this is a mitzvah to remember the, how important it is not to speak Lashon Hara. Why isn't that Lashnar? Litayeles, you're allowed to say it. For gain, Hashem's only saying it Litayeles. The gain is that we all learn not to speak Lashnar. I want to w- welcome back Daniel. It's impressive. His brother's chast was last night. He's right back, Daniel. Daniel's, Daniel's incredible friendship with a fellow Daniel, with Daniel Munchik, is inspiring. And I really appreciate wow, that Daniel Munchik. Daniel Daniel Radko had every reason not to be in yeshiva today. The chasna finished late, late last night, and he rushed back to yeshiva. He said for every seder in yeshiva is precious. So very, very inspiring to be back, Daniel. Daniel, besides being somebody, Daniel Gradko, who's steiging and learning and tefillah, but the, the, the maturity of the person, and a big part of the yeshiva is that our belief is that a person, the Torah deals with life, and a person's obligation to grow, certainly in limerat Torah, but also to grow in his own tuchunais, in his own self-understanding, in his own midais and anhagais. Daniel's a poster child. So anybody who knows Daniel today, and knows that Daniel Gradka walked in yeshiva. He was a wonderful person then. But the growth, the maturity, the development of self is something we're tremendously proud of. So I'm proud of you, Daniel. Continue that talk.
So we learn about the, we learn about the sugi of lashon hara, and we have a mitzvah to remember that in the desert, Miriam spoke lashon hara, Meisher Abenu, and all of Klal Yisrael was delayed because of Miriam speaking. She got saras, which is the aina. She got saras, the punishment of speaking lashon hara. It's very, very important to note, and the source where Hashem wants us to know that every year has a mitzvah to remember that story because of how important Lashnar is. My wife worked with Goyim, with a group of Goyim for eight years very closely, and she liked these people she worked with. Goyim are wonderful people, and it's a Mishnah, Chaviv and Adam Shenever B'Tselem. Goyim are wonderful people, but they're not Yidden. They're not Yidin. Yidin are Banim Lashem. And I asked my wife differences. And one of the differences my wife said is that Yidin are very careful not to speak Lashon Hara. And she, she said this area stood out that she would be careful not to rip the other ones. And, and not always are people in the world mocked on Lashon Hara. It's a tremendous beauty of Yidin that, that we guard our mouths that we're very, very careful of what we say about whom, and who we say about just people, that we're very, very careful what we say. And the Zahiras, not to rip other people, not to knock other people, is a very, very careful thing by a Yid. If you're wondering, she just knocked her co-workers, so it's a good kasha. That's a very good kasha. I happen not to know them, so that's for starters, and probably won't ever be in their circles, but... Um, probably. I want to say that this Zahiris that Yid has, not to rip, not to knock, not to put down, is a tremendous gift of our Torah, that the Torah warns us not to speak Lashnar. The place that we're supposed to remember is to remember what Hashem did to Miriam. It's very fascinating that Miriam did not rip Maisha. Keep that, keep that in mind. She did not rip Maisha Rabbeinu. Listen to the extent of her Lashnar. Oh, she she did not her. listen to what she said. She said, Maisha separates from his wife, and she says, God speaks to me also, and speaks to Aaron, and we don't separate from our wife. Didn't she compare the power? And Hashem says, you don't understand, he's bigger than you. Hashem says, something different than you. You also speak to Hashem, there's something unique about his prophecy that's different than any prophet who ever lived. And it turns out that Miriam's sin was not so much putting down Maisha as much as underestimating Maisha. And it's interesting, we take Lashon Hara as like derogatory speech, you rip a person. The source in the Torah of Lashon Hara is underestimation of a person. I think that's very instructive. What we're commanded to remember all our life is Miriam was punished for underestimating Maisha. She said, what, is he better than us? We, we also talk to Hashem. They underestimated He's bigger. His prophecy is different. And that underestimation is the source of, of Lashon Hara. Is what we're always said to remember. There was... Um, there was, there was once uh, on, on Tisha B'av, so the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation puts out videos and they often in, speak about this issue of not speaking bad on Yidin. The goal is not just in, in your mouth not to say bad. To, it's not just to white knuckle it. You're tempted to rip another person and you hold it in. There, there's a madrega in that. That's very impressive to hold it in. And one should hold it in. The ultimate goal of not speaking Lashon Hara is to see good in Yidin. 
is to actively work on appreciating and celebrating and valuing Yidin. Much deeper than not speaking bad is the appreciation and the value of a Yid. The source, one of the great sources that every single Yid who's supposed to remember, not to speak Lashon Hara, is remember what happened to Miriam. We have to take note she did not bash Moshe Rabbeinu. She simply underestimated him. And the source, the Shairish, the, what we're, what we're mitzvah to remember always, is Miriam underestimating Moshe Rabbeinu. And the best fight against Lashon Hara is not to bite your tongue harder, though there are times you have to bite our tongue, is to start seeing good in Yidin, to undergo a mission of seeing good, of appreciation of Yidin, valuing Yidin. Because the case and the source of Lashon Hara is Maisha under, undertook, she underestimated Maisha Rabbeinu. That's a big part of our duty is to value, to see Taiv in Yidin, to practice seeing good in Yidin, to celebrate Yidin. I happen to appreciate the Siyumim. We end the year, and we're tonight will be another, another night of Siyumim, tonight and tomorrow night. The last two <laughs> nights that we have, weekday nights together, will both be Siyumim. Tonight, Bez Hashem, Rai Glazer's whole shears making the Siyum on Talmud as well. As well as Ben C. Kappenstein. Finished Talmud and learned Talmud with other people, both. So... I appreciate the seum tomorrow night. Bez Hashem will be Shlomo Greenwald's making a seum. Arye, you'll see Arye Shuster's making a seum tonight and tomorrow night. Who else is tomorrow night? You and Arye, Shlomo and Arye. I want to say, wow, and Avi Berger making a seum as well. I want to say that the appreciation of another person. And I love, David, David spoke brilliant. David and MJ and Ruben Yonah spoke incredibly well. David Moskowitz got up and I was happy. He's a, he's a humble person that the yeshiva got exposed to his brilliance. He said this is not, he described that my seum, I finished the Masechta, I have tremendous pride. But, and he described it's a seum and he described many accomplishments. What he felt he turned into. It's a seum of him, him learning the Masechta and the Masechta doing stuff to him. And he described the celebration of his own growth and success. And I like that we end the year in Siyumim. And there's many aspects to the Siyum. Celebrating Torah for sure is important. But part of the Siyumim is the celebration of your friend. Appreciating somebody else's accomplishment. Noticing somebody else's accomplishment. Valuing somebody else. A lot of what happens, might say Shabbos, a lot of guys share are kind enough to share their journeys with us. It has tremendous gains all around that guys are, share their journeys and share a little bit about their journey with us. And one of the things that happens is people that we took for granted were like, whoa, I didn't know what you were battling. I didn't know what you overcame. I didn't know your whole story. And there's a tremendous respect for another person. A big part of Lashon Hara is the underestimation of another human being. It's not just you ripped him. You underestimated. You took one facet and you focused there. That's an underestimation of another person. You underestimated. And the source of Lashon Hara was not somebody who bashed another person. Somebody who underestimated Maish Rabbeinu. They just thought he was the greatest. They didn't know he's greater than the greatest. They just thought he's equal to the best Yidin who ever lived. 
They didn't know that he's higher than that. They said he's like us. He's like Aaron. To call Meishu Rabbeinu equal to Aaron is quite the kind No, he's better than that. And the source of Lashnar in the Torah is a case of an underestimation of Meishu Rabbeinu. That you should know other Nevi'im are wonderful, but Loikein Avdi Meishu. Meishu Rabbeinu is bigger. That's the source of Lashnar. And I think us remembering that to value not to underestimate another Yid. Don't underestimate a Yid. I consider Durham to be a bastion of honor. It's a place of covet. Here a Yid is respected. Here a Yid's appreciated. Don't underestimate anybody. You end up with egg on your face. I want to say that from this room there will be big people all around here. Don't be the guy who, don't be the guy who shocked later who didn't value all the person was in front of you. Like, where did he come from? Him? Okay, you underestimate. Don't, don't be guilty of that. People have tremendous value. Learn to see the value. I appreciate that we're ending with Siyumim, that we get to celebrate the next person and, and appreciate and cheer on and cheer for somebody's accomplishment and speak about the next person. Value people, don't underestimate people. It's a mistake. A person's called an Adam, and Adam's the same Isis as Ma'id, very much. Very much. Ma'id means more. More. It means more. It means more. He's more than you think. You, when you meet a guy, show him like, what's your name? My name is Moore. Maybe, but, I, but I got it, I got it. No, no, Moore. No, no, I'm Mamish amazing. Moore. All of us, the whole yeshiva is impressed with Momal. The whole yeshiva. Do you know what his name is? Moore. I mean, Moore. I, I'm telling you, everybody's impressed. <laughs> Moore, Mal. Everybody's impressed. With Mayor, we're impressed. We're impressed. You know what Mayor's name is? Mayor Gohari's name is Moore, Moid. Very much, more, a lot. I, I get it, I get it. Like, no, 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 you don't. Whatever you get, it's ma'id. Go further, go further, it's ma'id. And our job as people is not just to bite our tongues and not speak lashnar, not speak slander on a person. It's to value people more, appreciate more, stand in respect to people more. That is the job. And to remember that the place that all of Klai Yisrael's mitzvah to remember is Miriam underestimated Mashiach. Now, great Sadekis, Miriam. Tremendous, tremendous Sadekis who loved her brother. Her brother wasn't upset at her slight underestimation. And it was Dak Menadak. She was coming as an older sister who cared, who saved her brother's life. By you, some people feel they're entitled to speak Lashon Hara. Rabbi Yerucham warns Rebbeim not to speak Lashon Hara about a Talmud. Parents not to speak Lashon Hara about a child. You don't earn. Miriam saved my Shrebenu's life. So you would suspect that maybe she like deserves. She's, when I say saved his life, she caused his life. She's the one who told her father to get back to her husband to have the child. So she, she mamish caused my Shrebenu's existence, Miriam. Yet it doesn't entitle to underestimate. And of course it was Dak Menadak. We're talking about subtle and she held Meishu Rabbeinu was the God Ladar. She just held Aaron Akain also as Nebuah. But she underestimated he was a bigger Navi than Aaron Akain. A slight, slight Dak of underestimation. And for that underestimation she got Saras. All of Klaisel of course waited for her. And then we traveled, we gave her tremendous covet. We gave Miriam tremendous covet. And then, of course, when she healed, we, we traveled on. But don't underestimate another person. Never, never underestimate another person. It's interesting. Somebody asked the Lashon Hara on Miriam, keep in mind how big she was. The entire Jewish nation, three million people, didn't move waiting for this Sadekis. 
within her own saras, which is definitely a difficult patch, but we, she got a tremendous respect that the, the entirety of our people waited for her to heal. And then when she came back to the tzibur, we moved on. So she got tremendous covered. This aspect of not underestimating another person is a tremendous That's, part of the fortress of covered that we live in. What? Abilities too, Rebbe? Like just a whole person, I'm saying, or just when you're talking about someone. Are you talking about Lashon Hara or are you talking about like the abilities I'm talking about of the root person? of Lashon Hara is not just not speaking bad. The same to but the abilities good. of one person? To appreciate the milus and the goodness of a person. That's the dubi, that's like the shayrish. The opposite of lashnara of slander is not biting your tongue and not saying slander. It's deeply valuing and appreciating people. That's the, the hepach of lashnara. Chazal speak very, very strongly against lashnara and equate it to like the worst averis. The midah of knocking other people is a massive the poor Mida. All of us come from Avram Avinu. And the Mida of Avram Avinu's ayin Taiv is seeing good in other people. Seeing Milus, see good in other people. It's something, if, if we had to give a list of five Midas in the yeshiva that we want to pound, we want to start the year with Eitan, end the year with, be in the middle of the year with, the Mida of seeing good in people, of training ourselves, working on ourselves, to have good eyesight. To, to be impressed with people, to have mindless, to see the mindless of people is something we have to work on. Miriam keep it, was punished and we're all mitzvah that she slightly, slightly underestimated her brother. All of us should be zaycheh to see tremendous goodness in other people. We're going, Rabbi said, we're going to have a minion for Mencha now. Did she deserve the punishment? What?